Bruce Newberry. The food dude. You know what time it is. It's the best time of the year, the sizzling season. Get that grill going, get the cookout started, and in southern New England, cookouts mean gas bars, linguisa and chorizo, available at all major supermarkets. The Portuguese sausage that's been invited to the better cookouts for 95 years. Gas bars is great on the grill. Those lean cuts of quality meats, the authentic spices, made according to the same gas bars recipe for all of those years. It's just great on the grill. Slice the traditional sausage in half length wise. Get it going on a good hot grill. Or try the linguisa dogs or spicy shoulds. And don't even think of having a clam bake or clam boil without Gaspars. Gaspars, the real Portuguese sausage. Invited to cookouts, clam bakes, clam boils all around this area for longer than anybody can remember. Available at all major supermarkets. Gaspars for 95 years. It's the Portuguese sausage that the whole world can enjoy. Get sizzling this summer with Gaspars. Alright, so here we are it's Bruce Newberry with Ted Carusas, but we can't call it a TED Talk. And we're here at the Blue Play Diner. So the other day, I was talking about Hollywood bread. I don't know if you remember Hollywood I bread. don't. I don't. Tell me a little bit about it. Hollywood light and Hollywood dark. Special formula. Thinly sliced. Eight great vegetable flowers, no shortening. The taste is beautiful. Well, this goes back to the 60s and maybe even before that. And I can remember when I was uh, a little kid, and my mother had Hollywood bread, and all of the neighbor ladies bought Hollywood bread because everybody was always on a diet, right? You, you were always on a diet. We didn't call it weight loss or maintenance or whatever. So what made it so what made it so prone to the diet? Well, it was called diet bread oh. and it was a formula that was created by this woman and there's a long story that you could find out uh, Google uh, Hollywood bread and it was a formulation that was way ahead of its time because it had eight different vegetable flowers that made it up. There was kale, there were carrots, pumpkin and and yet there was wheat in there too, so it wasn't ahead of its time in terms of gluten-free but then it was thin sliced remember how the thin yep. sliced bed yep, yep, those yep. days and i guess there was a weight loss component to it and i guess it worked and so it went out of favor uh, i was telling the story at home and my wife said uh, did the ladies drink a tab with it or what <laughs> yeah well it's funny like where did all these things go right right that's a perfect example tabs another one that tabs another one so that's the question today are there some things that seem to have been good ideas at the time and seem to have fulfilled what they were set out to do, but went by the boards for whatever reason that we should have held on to and, and maybe we could bring them back? So uh, diet bread for one thing. Now, look, we know a lot more about bread than we used to. Right. Well, it's funny, right? So it was Hollywood bread. And when you say that, what's the first thing my generation will think of and say? Wonder bread. Sure. Do you remember Wonder Bread? Like it, it was uh, vitamin enriched. That was a big thing. So you went from smaller portions in moderation, I guess, right, with all these crazy fillers, if you will, like seaweed and pumpkins right. and all this stuff, 
to now, which now, by the way, would be called an artisanal bread. Exactly. Right? Which it comes full circle. Exactly. Later on, it's just hearty. It's a heartier, thicker slice. You would right? not have thin sliced bread right. today. It would not be a thin sliced bread unless it was like a like a good rye bread that right. you'd have like a Reuben on because you want to only meat on that. But anyways, right. um, so then you've got like the Wonder Bread, and then it's funny because we we're talking about this actually real recently about um, people how they go on these fads and these diets and and you know what works for me might not work for you and it's just a glut of information overload and everybody tries what they want to try and if it works for them great then they swear by it so now they try and convert you I think we were talking about how like my kids are so much more engaged in the working out like I'm 50 so here I am trying to work out with my kids who the oldest is 20 and the other one is like 18 and they got a metabolism of a rabbit and they're sitting there trying to guide me on how to work out and I'm laughing like listen kid I'm doing the best I can just to really keep up with half of what you do so the realities are as we age things change right so our diets change with our jobs our diets change with our lifestyles right if you're too busy you're ordering out well this convenience food as we all know Never mind the sodium and this and the other thing. They got to be a certain portion in order right. to justify the price of that between that and Uber paying 20 bucks, right? It's almost cheaper to go in, pick it up yourself and eat it in the parking lot. But anyways, so things change, but like, it's funny. You say, you say one thing and then you've got another substitute, leapfrogs it, mm-hmm. if you will. The tab, I think it was replaced with like Rockstar or some kind of these, some, the, the, energy the, the, the energy drink, sure. right? That was the original, low calorie. Right. And it's funny, I was thinking this the other day. Everybody talks about low calorie, low calorie, low calorie. What is a calorie? Well, it's a unit of uh, measure of heat, energy. Yes, energy. Yes. So if you have low calorie that means it provides you with low energy right over time right because your body can't adjust it's like taking you can't live on just water right so i'm saying to myself yes you need a low calorie diet people who want to lose weight usually go to low calories but the reality is they have to also expend calories right right it's a ratio of expending more calories than you're taking in but if your body doesn't have enough calories coming in the door or vitamins, things that can convert the fat that you already have into energy, you're kind of... You're going to be in trouble. You're going to be in trouble. So I'm not saying I'm a doctor. I'm nothing close to it. But uh, but as someone who always tries to use logic and reason, instead of getting on these crazy diets, everybody, I wish there was some system or way that you can go up to someone and say, you know what, this is my body type, this is my lifestyle, this is what I do. Can you kind of give me some kind of guidance or parameters of how I should best approach my, what do you call it? And then from there, you pick the tab, you pick the this, you pick the that, whatever you have to do to adjust to your lifestyle, right? Well, there you go. Nothing can substitute what you just said, though, the simple equation of the amount going in versus the amount of energy you expend and that's how you end up with the size of person that you are right well it's funny so i'm not going to say who but i remember years ago i'd be walking by and i saw this person like picking out on a salad now this person happened to be a family member so i'm not gonna throw him under the bus and i said what are you doing and like they're eating a trough of salad and they go oh i'm on a diet and then my father it was the cutest thing in his little greek accent he goes cows you know eat grass he goes they get big and he just kept walking and I looked at it and I go the guy's right I mean it doesn't matter 
what you're eating, it's how much of whatever you eat. And it's usually not the salad greens, right? It's the, the dressings, which talk about where The bacon go. and the croutons. Right, right, and all the substitutes that actually make the salad taste. Yes. So, so it's funny that we talk about this because, like, where did it go? Years ago, not that far along, maybe 10 years ago, it's the most recent that I can think of, there was a guy, a chef um, named uh, David Burke, well-known uh, Of chef, course. Right? Yes. Steakhouse guy. Yeah, yeah, steakhouse guy has his own steer that take care, that he feeds. That's right. That, t- that feed his restaurants. So I'll never forget, he'd come up with a spritzer way to spray the salad dressing on each leaf. In other words, you spritz it like you would hairspray onto your greens. I thought that was brilliant for yeah. several reasons. It aerated the dressing, which meant less calories were getting on your salad, but at the same time, it gave flavor. He actually bought a squirt bottle and obviously a brand new one and played around it it only worked with vinaigrettes it didn't have any like real seasonings things to clog it I go this thing's brilliant and it's lighter on the calorie and you get the, that tossed salad to every little nibble had the thing where did it go why because there wasn't enough of it maybe not enough of it that could be a reason or it just became cost prohibitive because people think Salad on the side. You know, every, every restaurant you go to, there's the dressing on the side. Right. Usually, unless it's a fine dining restaurant where it's just lightly tossed in a, in a bowl and then, like, t- done your way. Well, look at this for old school to go back to what we were talking about. What was one of the most elegant presentations that you could have? The tableside Caesar. Right. Right. And if you think about it, that's an expertly prepared salad. And the way that I think David Burke had that in mind, where every bite of that salad had just the right amount of the dressing because it was tossed right at your table. Right, right. And actually, that's kind of like, I mean, salad should be no different. A great salad should be no different than any other great recipe. And, you know, certain salad dressings will go and complement certain greens a certain way. If it's bitter, you've got a sweet, if you've got a bitter green, you want to complement it and balance it with a, a sweeter dressing. Right. I'm eating a salad because I'm on a diet, so therefore I ask for stuff on the side. I totally get that whole thing. But if you, again, if you trust the restaurant, you trust the chef, they can even heighten the salad to that next level with the type of proteins, the accoutrements, just like a well-prepared, excellent Caesar salad. If you're in a fine dining restaurant, I encourage you have it the way the chef decides to do it. And if it comes on the side automatically, then I would kind of run. I hate to say that, but we should do a podcast on how do you know this is a good place? There you go. Right? Or what not to order. Order. What not? That's our next That's one. The next. That's the next episode, Ted. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Bruce Newberry. The food dude.